Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Ed Cheney, a CBD industry expert and business executive. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, along with the wonderful Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. All right. Kimberly and I have a subject today that is near and dear. Uh, we have lots of reasons Live to help out the, our aging adults because we have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of them in our life. Uh, we have a lot of them. Uh, Kim has a lot of them with customers. Uh, wow. Uh, probably a, a huge amount. Uh, since we push education, I think we attract uh, that group. Uh, especially Kim does. Uh, so what we know is there has been plenty of studies that are surrounding the use of CBD for the elderly population. Yes. And those they suffer from some of the things that CBD or the endocannabinoid system has already been identified as managing. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I mean, shoot, I read one place where 50% of our aging population is suffering from osteoarthritis. Uh, I read another study that, well, it wasn't really a study. It was just a statement that says, yeah, it's coming. Everybody will experience it at some point. Nobody, well, yeah, nobody be- escapes it. Right, right. And, and I, is that a good sign that you were an active, <clears throat> young adult? You were active throughout your life, so that's where the osteo shows up? Um, kind of, sort of? I'm sure that participates in it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, most of the people that I know can share with, and you have heard this as well, shared stories mm-hmm. of their youth. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be full of, uh, my body is impregnable. Let's let's put it to a test. Right, yeah, and, and that breaks down throughout your life, and then obviously that, the arthritis shows up. Yeah. So what we want to talk about today is the most common uses that our aging adults are, are using CBD for, and, and, and even you'll find some of our information is even cannabis and CBD related. Uh, you will also, we'll also share with you our personal experiences and then some data sets. Uh, from, again, all clinical-based information here today. Uh, Kim and I might help round out some of the pieces so we don't have to read, uh, you know, long pages. Uh, As a matter of fact, most of my stuff today is in summary, but it does reference clinical reviews. Uh, And and we're all doing this because uh, this weekend is National Grandparents' Day. Yeah, I didn't Uh, even... I'll be honest, I didn't even know there was a Grandparents' Day. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, But we were informed. And And we're grandparents, by the way. Right? Uh, And we want to celebrate along with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's, let's let's first talk. There is a very cool review that's out there. Uh, It's called Cannabis, an emergency, I'm, I'm sorry, an emerging treatment for common symptoms for older adults. This is a very recent published 
212 peer-reviewed. Nice piece of work. Good. It's nice when you can find those. Right. Totally agree. I'm going to, so it speaks a lot. And again, I'll reference this document again uh, towards the end of the show if you want to go out and find it. Uh, but it referenced lots of statistics, why the aging adults are using cannabis, how their uh, outcomes have been. So I wanted to first just start reading with the conclusion of this study. And then in the second part of our show today, uh, we'll dig into some of the data sets in here. So the conclusion from this study, cannabis, an emergency, an emerging treatment for common symptoms in older adults. Most older adults in the sample and, and <coughs> initiated cannabis use after age 60 years and used it primarily for medical purpose to treat pain, sleep, and, or sleep disturbance, anxiety, and or depression. Cannabis use by older adults is likely to increase due to medical needs, favorable legalization, and attitudes. So I guess, again, what I see there with the last one, attitudes, I think with the acceptance of cannabis and the knowledge, the understanding of the differences between those two plants, their attitudes are changing. Yeah, I mean, I get that's... Yeah. Why we started this show is to give you that knowledge so that yeah. you can be comfortable in that environment. And I won't say their attitudes. I'm going to say our attitudes. Everyone's attitude. Right, right. Uh, the youth wasn't exposed to what the baby boomers were exposed to. Right. And we have an attitude. About, they have an attitude about it, too. So it's everybody's attitude. And it's being adjusted. And I think, I think that's just terrific. Anyway, so we're going to go back to this wonderful study. I think it has lots of potential. Let's say instead, let's go to those common uses. One of the, uh, one of the common uses is improves sleep quality. Mm -hmm. Now, if you notice when I read this conclusion from this study, it said that they're commonly using it for sleep disturbance. And that's what it is for our aging population. It's a sleep disturbance. They're not getting a full night's sleep. Yeah, I think that's most common. Like uh -huh. uh, most of my, my <clears throat> customers and myself and everyone I know pretty much, they can fall asleep. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody, but most people can fall asleep, but then they wake up either to go to the restroom or, you know, some, something wakes them up in the middle of the night and they can't go back to sleep. Yep. So, I agree. I see the same thing. I personally experience it. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. so I, I pulled up uh, the, uh, uh, in a medical journal here published in 2019, Cannabidiol and Anxiety and Sleep, a large case series. And they suggested that uh, evidence is definitely pointing towards CBD using in the central nervous system being effective for improving sleep quality. The, let's see, the, um, the conclusion here is cannabidiol may hold benefits for uh, anxiety-related disorders as well as sleep quality uh, needs. They had, uh, let's see here, the, the sampling of 72 adults presented with primary concerns of poor sleep. Let's see here, sleep scores improved within the first month in 48 patients, which was 66.7%. Uh, 
So, uh, and then they finalize this with, uh, in this chart review, CBD was well tolerated in all but three patients. And they do not disclose what that information was. Yeah. Uh, they did uh, They did say uh, controlled clinical studies were still needed. Okay. I think that's, I think that's, our, that's our lingo for everything, every yes. clinical study we read. Yes. Uh, uh, further studies are needed. Further studies warranted. <laughs> All right. So now we move to our next big one, which is anxiety relief. Yeah. All right. Anxiety relief. Comes in many forms. Well, let's just start out here. 2019 clinical review for social anxiety disorder gave a single dose of CBD and after 90 minutes had them participate in a public speaking activity. Yay, what fun was that? Wow, yeah. I I'd mean, actually enjoy that. You probably would too. <laughs> no, he, well, he would enjoy it immensely. All right. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. I'm a little shyer. I'd be in the opposite of anxiety. I'd be in the anticipation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, and that's a, that's a serious, like, test. Yeah. yeah to have is. someone get up and do a public. Most common for testing anxiety. Yeah. Most common, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most reported significant reduction in anxiety and less stress and discomfort. They also demonstrated that you can also find... Uh, Preclinical evidence supporting the use of CBD for generalized anxiety, panic disorder, and social anxiety disorder. Right. Now, uh, social anxiety disorder is a super common one. Mm-hmm. The, as we age, sometimes the things that we became used to, adapted to, our, our schedules start to change. The people around us start to change. You, your capabilities all change. Those all can contribute to uh, to a social anxiety disorder. And I think um, fear is is I don't want to say it's a common thing uh, amongst our older generation, but it does start to creep in. I know my I'm mother. Sure. My mother will say, "Oh, I I can't I can't drive further than." you know, this far anymore. Mm. She's limiting herself, you know, day, not day by day, but I can tell the Over differences, time. right. Yeah. And it, that's all just fear. Now, obviously, maybe she, her reflex, reflexes aren't that great or whatever anymore, but some some older people just have fear. And I, with the, the world we're in right now, that's got to be tripling. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think anxiety is a big one. Yeah. Uh, now let's let's talk about this, and I and I'm sorry. We, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about the uh, how much and and when to take on each one of these subjects because we have lots of experience in that area from both our, our own use as well as use of others. Uh, so we're gonna go back to the sleep one after we talk about this one. Yeah. Now the thing about anxiety. Uh, is, uh, again, from all of our earlier knowledge we've passed on to you, the cannabinoid CBD uh, product affects your endocannabinoid system inside your body, which regulates lots of different functions. Those functions are divided into two categories, and you'll often hear them refer to as CB1 and CB2. CB1, those receptors are usually neurological ones. Right. And then CB2 are receptors that are designed to deal with immune response, um, pain, inflammation, and such. So when we talk about anxiety, we talk about 
those cannabinoids affecting the CB1 receptors in your endocannabinoid system. And I guess I'm going, I'm, I'm going down a, a road to make a, an important point. Those CB1 receptors are usually clumped tightly together. A lot of them are in your brain area. Right. And so the interesting part of that knowledge is you don't have to take a ton of CBD to affect them. Right, to bring that anxiety down. Be, yeah. Be, those are closely together. Cannabinoid, once it's into your body, it just moves around looking for receptors when needed. And those receptors are so close together that often don't need high doses to solve this. Okay, mm -hmm. just, just wanted to share that with you. Mm -hmm. um, also, if you're dealing with anxiety, this can be, you can use this product frequently throughout the day in uh -huh. smaller doses. Now, what is a small dose? You can use 10 milligrams of CBD. Yes. And you can do that frequently throughout the day. What do I mean by frequently? Two or three times is what we've seen, right? Yeah, I would, I would depending, uh, again, okay. on your level of anxiety, Yeah. Uh, I would break that up three times a day. Three times a day? Okay. 10 milligrams three times a day is good. You can do it in a gummy. You can right. do it in an oil. It's a super light dose, easily managed, some, somewhat inexpensive, mm -hmm. right? Right. All right. Yeah. And, then you, and you manage it yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you find that that dosage was working for you, you stick with it. If it's not, yeah, maybe you repeat the frequency or maybe adjust it up just a little bit. Right. Well, it, like your nighttime dose, if you're going to be also using it for some sleep, then you will up your dose a little yeah. bit. But uh, other than that, 10 milligrams throughout the day for a nice, I don't want to say a normal amount of anxiety. Right. Like a panic attack might take more, right. obviously, but... Well, and if you have a panic attack, I'm sorry, a panic attack, then let's talk about delivery because that's important. Yeah. So you have three. If you, the slowest delivery, uh, which could be 45 minutes to an hour and a half, is when you ingest something, is you swallow a gummy, it goes through your digestive system. Next uh, quickest is a tincture oil underneath your tongue. Those glands will absorb inside of about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the quickest is if you send it into your respiratory system. So that is vaping it or somehow getting it into your respiratory. They have, they have uh, uh, not sprays, but inhalers too. Right. And oh, I guess we and should that's, be... That's about five minutes. Just look. Yeah, okay. Right. And we should be super clear that we are only talking about CBD right now. Yeah. Not THC. Agree. Because ten uh, milligrams agree. of THC Thank is going to be a lot more overwhelming. It's going to it's going to cause something else to happen. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. So this conversation was just CBD um, or a a hemp CBD product. Right. All right. So uh, that that is referring to a product with 0.03 percent THC or less. Yes. All right. We also have, uh, we, we didn't do this exercise on the improved sleep, sleep quality, so let's talk about that dosage. Uh, again, sleep quality has, it can affect, your quality can be impacted by either anxiety or uh, muscles, mm -hmm. you know, uh, inflammation or pain. So you need to hit both of those, but you can start out slow, but here you graduate your amount. So let's first go when. When you take this is usually right before you're ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. About 20 or 30 minutes is fine. Uh, it's helpful if you can shut down too, 
you know, yeah. you know, you're taking it and still, you know, be glaring at the tube or yeah, or going, you know, putting up, uh, doing outside chores. Anyway, right before you're ready to go to sleep, and a good start could be in that area of 15 milligrams of CBD. Yeah, just see if that's enough to get you through the evening. Right. Sure. Now, if you did not get a solid night of sleep, and you might struggle struggle with, you know, issues caused by pain. Like your back in the middle of the night is causing you to turn and toss and become restless and then finally wake up. Mm -hmm. And then, by the way, your urinary tract turns on and then, boom, your brain turns on and you can't get back to sleep. <laughs> right. Well, what caused that was inflammation or and or pain. Yeah. Now, those are CB2 receptors. They're spread out through your body. So you can increase your dose to get to that solution. So that could be you start at 15 but you could increase that all the way up to 50. Yeah, I mean. If you needed to get to sleep, but it's only a single dose 20 minutes before you're. Right, okay. right. I would do, yeah, I, if 15 milligrams did not get you where you needed to be because you still woke up in pain, then I would, yeah, I would go increase. to 30. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, she is correct, she is correct. Moving that up quickly, you'll know when it stops. It's not, it, it is pretty easy. Um, when when you uh, when we talk about inflammation, uh, the cytokine production really does stop inflammation, and it really stops a lot of that nighttime uh, problem that's related to pain. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and certainly that's what we're super used to. Uh, both of these, we want to also share that there is drug interaction concerns here, even more so with our aging population. Drug action concerns are because our aging population has sometimes multiple prescriptions. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there is a term out there that I did not even know before doing this these review studies. It's called polypharmacy. Polypharmacy is when, as an aging adult, you might have multiple pharmaceuticals to solve a single issue. And you might have multiple issues, so you literally could have uh, a large assortment of pharmacological you know, things in your cabinet. Mm-hmm, that you take yeah, every it, day. As a matter of fact, they have, this, uh, they have another term here that's called, you know, the brown bag, which is, you know, you load up all your pharmaceuticals and you take them to your practitioner of the hospital every once in a while so they can evaluate yeah you know all these interacting together anyway so the more of these uh that you have the more concern you will want to be about drug interaction and what is the drug interaction cbd affects the cbd affects the uh the amount of medicine that can get into your system that that how how it is um how there's an enzyme that breaks down mm -hmm. uh, medicine into your body, and just like grapefruit, the CBD will affect that enzyme and can adjust how much of that medicine you actually got into your system. Right, and it can adjust it up or down. Now, now notice that I said uh, it's exactly like grapefruit. So for those who are out there listening, really your first step is to look through all your prescription drugs and look on the label for a grapefruit warning. If you do, then you want to take that concern to your practitioner and have them give you some direction on what to do next. 
Right. Now, they'll either go, you know, I suggest you not use it, or they're going to say, well, what we'll need to do is do some frequent tests on the blood levels of this medication so that we can determine whether your use of CBD is is having a positive or a negative impact on it. Yes. That's all. It's really, it's super simple, and doctors are becoming more and more aware and they're having much much easier conversations about this now. Is what I what I read today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so drug interactions, grapefruit warning is what you're looking for. If you see one, then you want to bring that to the attention of your 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 practitioner. Right, and are those just are they most commonly a statin? Is that no no no, oh, I, no. I can't there's, tell you. Oh. There's a there's a list of them. Okay, it's not a broad list if you think you know compared to how many pharmaceuticals are out there. Yeah, uh, but there there is a list, and if a statin. So the answer to your question, I've seen some of those with and without the grapefruit warning. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I say it. you can't say it's commonly. Right. Uh, but it's a good question if you're on a statin to just look. Well, right, and that's right. yeah. I and I've gone through this uh, dilemma with my mother recently because she's ha- she had um, well a few episodes and. Now she's literally in front of maybe six or seven doctors, and they're all—they've all got prescriptions flowing in her from every area. Right. And so, as we go through her tests and she starts passing all these, we keep asking, "Can we take her off this pharmaceutical?" They're very reluctant. So, um, no comment. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's keep going so we can get these out. Uh, Help with neurodegenerative disorder. Common, again. And again, there's been lots of different studies out there. Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, just general uh, uh, neurodegeneration by itself. Mm -hmm. All right, so so again, trying to keep uh, it all uh, with clinical reviews. Pharmacol did a study and a review in 2020. Uh, called from cannabis sativa to cannabidiol, cannabidiol long term long uh, for CBD, promising therapeutic candidate for the treatment of neurodegenerative disease. So I'm just gonna read through this real quick. Okay, and do then, it. And move right off of it. The present review provided evidence that the non-psychoactive phytocannabinoid CBD could be a potential pharmacological tool for the treatment of neurodegenerative disorder. Its excellent safety and tolerability profile in clinical studies renders it a promising therapeutic agent. The molecular mechanism associated with CBD's improvement in PD and AD, which is Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's, are likely multifaceted, and although CBD may act on different molecular targets, all the beneficial effects are in some extent leaked to the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory profile. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Therefore, this review describes evidence to prove that the therapeutical efficacy of CBD in patients affected by neurodegenerative disorder and promotes further research in order to better uh, elucidate the molecular pathways involved in the therapeutic potential of CBD. <gasps> wow, you did it. <coughs> <laughs> Thank God it was a short one. All right. <laughs> so again, now, <clears throat> what they're looking at here is uh, a 
There are CB there are CB2 receptors in the brain as well. Remember CB2, more of a immune response, also managing the the inflammation process in your body. So again, this would be if you were using it for that purposes, would just be a daily dose. Right, just right. A, a, like a little maintenance, a nothing. maintenance dose every day, 15 milligrams, do it in the morning. doesn't really matter whether you're doing it before or after a meal. You just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, they do suggest if you do it with a fatty content of your breakfast, more, uh, more of the CBD molecules are delivered into your body. Hmm. Why do we say that? Because CBD bonds to a fat molecule. Right. All right. So if you're having you know, eggs for breakfast, yeah, take CBD along with it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, just put it under your tongue and then eat your breakfast and you're good to go. And again, no psychoactive uh, effects no. here. Right. You're not even going to, a lot of people go, I didn't feel anything, so it must not mm -hmm. be working. It right. is. Right, <laughs> it right. is. All right, let's go to pain relief. Pain relief. Uh, I also uh, pain relief is a big one, right? For our for our uh, aging adults, pain relief huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably the number one. That and sleep are, are probably the number one. Yeah. People I see uh, in my store. All you listeners out there who have grandparents on opioids, raise your hand. Right. All right. So uh, it's a big deal. Hard to move around when things hurt that way. Right. So, uh, let's see here, Yusuf, so this, this study was called Yusuf Cannabidiol, CBD, for the treatment of chronic pain. This was in 2020. Conclusion, causes of chronic pain are multifaceted, often involving physical, social, and psychological uh, entities. So these are all things that will cause. Uh, the recent ongoing opioid epidemic occurring in the United States has ignited some concerns of over-prescribing over opioids as a treatment uh, for chronic non-cancer pain. Uh, let's see here. It talks about the cannabis plant having two versions, THC and CBD. Uh, let's see. The, the current pharmaceutical products for the treatment of chronic pain are known as nabiximol. And they contain a ratio of both THC and CBD. Now, while these products have shown some promising results as treatment for chronic pain, the efficacy of CBD must be questioned since the product also contains CBD or THC as well. Yeah. Now, Kim and I have some knowledge here. We know that the THC molecule has an impact on CB1 receptors that are, that are neurological, that are pain-related. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, furthermore, the safety profile of, now this is an important thing to hear uh, for aging adults. Furthermore, the safety profile of current CBD products, specifically non-pharmaceuticals, should be questioned due to their false advertising and variable quantities of CBD in the product. Therefore, careful selection of a CBD product should be made and your physician should be included. Despite, despite these concerns, CBD is a promising area for treatment of chronic, chronic pain and further studies need to be performed to evaluate the role in chronic pain management. Right. All right. So, so that, that important paragraph mainly means is that you, if you buy a CBD product and it's not working, you probably did not buy a, a good product possibly you you there's not the cbd that is on the label it's not in the bottle 
Um, Let, let's just call it what we know. We had an entire show on this. I apologize to say this out loud, but sometimes our aging of adults are victimized right. by people online specifically who are not very pro, not 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 do not have good morals, do not have aren't acting uh, good conduct. So, right. so, so just um, kind of keep that. That's the piece here. Yeah, because as you get older and obviously the pain gets more intense uh, and you've been living it with so long, you're, you're, you're desperate almost. You're, you feel you'll, you'll try anything and yeah. there you are trying something on the Internet and it is not helping. Yeah, so refer to our earlier, we talk about how to vet CBD products and we've done a couple of shows on it and you will find that extremely informative. Uh, go there, do a little learning, uh, it will help you tremendously. You know, a lot of the things that I've uh, heard it, from my customers that come in are, is, oh, my grandson talked me into this. Yeah. Oh, my daughter talk, told me I needed to try this. It's the younger generation that are saying, hey, grandma, grandpa, you, you really got to try this. I swear you're not going to be high. You're not going to be any of that. Just give it a shot and see if it works for your pain. Yeah. And then, hey, have to ask those, uh, those at young generation to vet the product for you. They know how to do that stuff online. Yes, yes. Anyway, okay. I think it's time for us to do a quick little break. Okay. And then when we come back, we're going to go to inflammation. Then we're going to share some experiences, and then we're going to share some statistics. So you can see how many, uh, this was a clinical study, so they did statistics, and they'll be able to share with us, with you, what uh, they discovered in current uses in the uh, aging adult community. Okay, so let's take a break, and we will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the com. That's info at the com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. 
Hello, everyone. We're back. We're talking CBD for grandparents. It's going to be happy grandparents weekend. Yes, yes. And uh, take your grandparents somewhere. Take your grandparents <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least acknowledge, I guess, it's Grandparents Day. I didn't, yeah. again, I didn't they even know. They may not even know. Yeah. Right. No, they may not know. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to continue down. We have reduces inflammation. Yeah. So, again, what I'm listing are the top reasons that were stated from a reliable source on how our aging adults were using CBD currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have improved sleep quality, anxiety relief, help with neurodegenerative disorder, pain relief, and now reduces inflammation. I'm not suggesting this is all. But I am suggesting these are the most common. Yes, definitely. I'm. I can't. I'm trying to think if there's something else. I mean, some skin things. Oh, there's. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So right. these are just uh, uh, of the most. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, reducing inflammation, uh, if if that is so, if you have inflammation, it's usually as an aging adult coming from two places, one or two places. You have arthritis. Mm-hmm. Or an injury. Or an injury. Yeah. And. Both of those take, uh, well, arthritis doesn't heal. You, you just have to manage it. And injuries do take a long time to heal at that age. Okay? Yeah. All right. We're aware of that. What a pain in the body was. God, things that used to heal in like a couple of days, weeks even, are now months. Months. <laughs> months of recovery. All right. Now, we do, inflammation being a big part of recovering, because if you can manage your inflammation, your damage can repair a little more effectively. Yeah, and a little quicker. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I, I believe that, it, well, inflammation just, and it's everywhere. When it hits, yeah. it just goes and it's unrelenting. Now, there is numerous accepted studies out there. You need, you need only to type in CBD for inflammation. Uh, and you will become exposed to lots of it. I always suggest you do that in Google Scholar. Uh, if you're familiar with how to get to Google Scholar, it's fine. If you are not, you type into Google, Google Scholar, and the first thing that show up is a link to go into Google Scholar, and when you make your, you type in what you're looking for, and it takes you to reviews or accepted, peer-accepted peer documents. Anyway... So it's already been well documented that CBD affects the production of cytokines, reduces it. And cytokines are the components in your body that create inflammation. Yes. So if you can stop the thing that's creating it, that's pretty uh that's, that's pretty much a done deal. Yeah, so yeah. let's just say this one's easy. Now, you can do this from two places. You can and you can do a delivery system that's a tincture or a gummy, or you can do a direct application, which is a topical. Now, why do we say this one is because if you have arthritis, sometimes a topical application is pretty helpful. My it's hand, very Right. My helpful. hands hurt today. Yeah. Okay. My lower back hurts today. Yeah. Okay, you can apply a topical and get relief very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wherever that, you know, wherever that is. I mean, it could be your knees, could be yeah. your ankles. I mean, really a good massage, a good massage of a good CBD product will really 
bring that inflammation yeah. down. If you are concerned about uh, drug interactions, and again, still have a conversation with your practicing, uh, your physician on this, uh, but a, a topical application is uh, least likely to get into your bloodstream. Right. Right. And interact with Yeah. So topical applications, and you'll find on the data, it seems to be a high use for our seniors. And it might be because either it's easy uh, or direct or there's already knowledge out there that it has the least chances of getting into your bloodstream and affecting your medications. Let's keep on going. Let's, now, uh, are we going to talk about a dose for pain or no? Not yet. You mean for inflammation? Or inflammation and pain. We talked Those two are the same. So pain and inflammation deal with the, CBD, the CB2 receptors. And Kim is correct. You adjust your dose until it's solved. Yeah. Okay. CBD is well tolerated. Uh, plenty of evidence uh, about that as well. And so you just keep adjusting your dose up. You can start with 15 milligrams. Uh, but and when you are applying it topically, you know maybe your topical product will say how much, uh, how many milligrams of CBD are in each application, and even so, most more so should tell you how many applications are in the jar, and then you could do the math. And uh, but anyway, a good 15 is a good start. But feel free, just keep moving it up. Mm-hmm. I I mean, if you're in a lot of pain in the beginning and you're first starting CBD, I say you start a little high. And you stay consistent until you're feeling that you're relief. Past it. Yeah. And I, I always tell my customers when they first come in, I'm like, you, let's put this topical on that area. Yep. If it's an only a one area situation, uh, three times a day. Yep. Let's just keep it going. Keep it on there. Put it on again. Massage it in for a minute. Do it three times a day until you are feeling really good relief and do that for three days and bring that all that inflammation down for a while. If you're if it's all over body, then then you need the oil because you don't want to put that much topical on you. Um, But, yeah, you'll need the oil and then maybe a topical on the most painful areas. Okay. well, we decided we're going to discuss some uh, personal experiences. And we're, you know, we want to get through the data set at the very end. So, uh, personal experiences. You want to share first, Kim? Well, I mean, it's well, it's well known, uh, my story on CBD. I take it for pain okay. and inflammation. Mainly, I, I also will, I get a side benefit for the anti-anxiety and the sleep, because I do take it for sleep also. Uh, so that's, that's my story. That's my, I mean, my topical goes on every single morning right. with a, a little chase of oil in my shake in the morning. And then okay, so you I, it. yep. And then I do a little bit of uh, tincture in the evening before I go to bed. Okay. All right. Uh, it's been my, it's been my, my savior. I, Why? Uh, well, I used to, again, I used to take a lot of over-the-counter pain medications. I've never been able to take uh, a prescription pain med. It's yeah. just never agreed with me. So I did a lot of over-the-counter pain meds, uh, and I'm talking all day, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, d- I did over-the-counter sleep uh, meds also um, for years. And... Um, and then I went to cannabis, and I have not gone back. Yep. I don't have. I I don't take Advil. I don't take any sleep medication. I don't take any of it anymore. 
All right, so um, I'll share next. So we ha I have a uh, father that uh, is in West Virginia. Uh, he uh, worked the road crew for the longest time, you know, putting tar down, you know, paving roads. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he, that and, uh, you know, living in a farming community. Uh, so he, uh, we got him to start using CBD for sleep because I'm pretty sure sleep was challenging for him. Uh, and uh, it had, uh, has, has worked so well for him uh, that he chooses not to sleep without it. And yep. he's been doing it for a year and a half. Right. All oh, right. yeah, at least, yeah. Maybe more. All right. I guess I should have shared my mother's story. But I, I didn't share my mother's story because she was only on CBD for her pain. She has a very bad back also. Um, and then she had a surgery for her back. She had surgery. And mm -hmm. that did not go as well as planned. So, again, now she's on a lot of pharmaceuticals and can't take the CBD. Right now, we're trying desperately to get her back there um but we also have uh the mother-in-laws that are taking it the balance uh for uh just overall wellness i think is that what benita's taking it for mm -hmm. an overall wellness we have lots of senior dogs but okay. we won't go there <laughs> we had uh we had a caller in on the show on august 27th yeah worth listening to by the way uh, he was in his uh, late 70s, uh -huh. if I remember. Right. Uh, and he was placed on pharmaceutical pain relievers uh, and almost put on there and forgotten. I mean, he yeah. said he had been on it for like six years. Uh, and he was able to use uh, CBD to get off his pain meds. Uh, and his story was really, really something worth listening to. So, yeah. again, uh, he's in his late 70s. Uh, and that uh, that was... At the end of the show, uh, that was August 27th. Yeah, and if you're on a pain management, like say you're going to a pain management clinic, which is clearly giving you um, prescription pain meds, and you're fearful of CBD because you cannot, you know, you absolutely cannot test positive for THC if you're in a pain management, which is ridiculous, but it, that's neither here nor there. Take a... a, a a, a CBD isolate, um, and if you if you want to, and if you're you, this is something that you're comfortable doing, I would start weaning off that uh, prescription medication. It is really not doing you any good. And just take CBD continuously for probably a week or so, and then you can start breaking down or reducing that pill. Um, it's very hard because that pharmaceutical is also a psychological, um, it's just a psychological crutch that a lot of older people use. I, I, I know a lot of customers that come in with, you know, they got like a little quarter of a pain pill in their, in their <laughs> wallet. She's right. like, oh, I don't ever leave without this just in case. So it's, a, it's, it's also very psychological for those, for those individuals that deal with that pain. Well, let me see who else I might have uh, a share on. Hmm. So I know I used it with my mother who was uh, at the final stages of her battle with cancer. Uh, it was very effective uh, for a lot of different reasons, anxiety, appetite, and pain. So all three of those seem to have 
improved uh, in, in a very short time uh, that she had taken. When I say a short time, it seemed, seemed like it was less than a week uh, that those signs started to show themselves. Uh, I personally will use it for sleep mm -hmm. uh, just because, yeah, I'm still pretty rough on my body. And if I don't treat it well, no, I won't say that. If my workout or something I'm doing is a little rougher than normal, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be sore when I'm going to bed and I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you get rested, your lower back hurts or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, I, we know Helen and Marlene. But, mm -hmm. um, they are very good friends of mine, and they are both in their 80s. And uh, Marlene is is a little depressed. She's she's a little depressed in her in her older days, and so that's why I put her on uh, a little bit of CBD to help her with that anxiety yeah. and depression. Um, Helen just recently told me she just wants to start taking it for for wellness. She's also got a little aches and pains here and there, so I started her on uh, our our balance yeah. and um, get get her started. She's been only on it for a couple of weeks, so I'm going to monitor her as she goes. Okay, let's uh, let's go over some statistics that were in this study: uh, cannabis and emerging treatment of common symptoms in older adults. Let's say. Um, there were a total of 568 participants, all between the ages of 65 and 84. Interesting, huh? 65 and 84. That's a big, that's a big wide range. But it is a wide range, yeah. yes. And they do define uh, the, the different ages in here. Uh, let's take a look at that. Let's see where they were. Uh, let's see, let's see. Do they break it down by females and males? or They do, yeah. they do. Predominantly uh, female. Uh-huh. Let me see here. Predominantly female. Uh, the largest group here was 75 to 84. Wow. Right? Okay. So, uh, let me see. Ethnicity, uh, that was non-Hispanic white, was the highest. Uh, married, long-term partner, that was the highest. Uh, education seems to be split between some college and graduation uh, or, or advanced degree. Uh, let's see. What other cool things here? Uh, how about the division between CBD-only products and products containing THC? Uh, the greatest use was CBD-only products, but next below that was actually uh, a, a, um, products containing THC as well. Now, that would not have been just marijuana. It could have also been a broad spectrum that had, uh, a full spectrum that had some THC in it, I would, I would, I would guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but because there was also an 11% that said they were not sure, I, I couldn't tell you that for sure. <laughs> so uh, the one that's probably most accurate is the one that says CBD products only. Yeah. Hey, how about their uses? The form of uses... Number one and number two were tinctures and lotions. So tinctures being an oil to put under your tongue and, of course, topical lotions. So lotions, salves, anything that you would rub on, there's roll-ons, those are all topical. Mm -hmm. Let's see, the least you wanted to use was, uh, oh, yeah, the dabbing and depositories. <laughs> uh, vaping uh, was on the list, but super low, only yeah. 3%. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Pills. 
Now, pills just being an encapsulated form of THC. Ca- of, uh, capsules. Yeah, just capsules. Uh, that was also fairly low, 8%. I tell you, a lot of my customers don't want to do a capsule because they're doing so many already. Yep. Uh, hey, how about frequency? The highest frequency uh, amongst these this group of seniors was daily. Good. And then right below that was yearly or less. Mm. So one-time application. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from that, you had monthly and weekly were fairly even. Let me see what other cool stuff is in here. Oh, how about what they were using it for? Now, I'm just going to show you the chart. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how many were using it for pain and arthritis. That yeah. was the highest. It was 60%. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I disagree. It was 75% were used for uh, pain and arthritis. Yeah. Next down the list was sleep, then anxiety, depression, and under others, others was chosen to include other things like high blood pressure, itching, spinal cord injuries. Mm-hmm. Cancer, those were all under the others, and that was the next highest. Uh, and then you had some smaller things, libido. And yeah. we had a show about that. We thought it was kind of like, no, nah, I don't see it working. But uh, they, we were proven wrong. It had some mild impact in that area. Yeah. Uh, appetite, migraines, vomiting, glaucoma, and dementia. There you go. Those were all on this list as well. Well, those sound like common uh, issues for our elderly. Yep. Where are they getting their products from? So either dispensary or CBD stores were the highest, 18%. Oh, that's great. Uh, they actually have grown their own. I'm, I'm assuming that probably is marijuana. Uh-huh. Because uh, hemp's kind of hard to grow, huh? You know, you... Everybody oh, no, says it's super it. easy, but you yeah, it's <laughs> But then you have to extract that product. Right. You can't just eat the leaves because you'll be like a cow. You'll have to eat it all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> from someone else uh, was big on here. Yeah. Uh, grocery stores actually showed up on here. Kind of light, but it was there. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Yeah, I, I think, again, I... Uh, I don't have a grandparent, um, but all my parents, that is a great gift. CBD is really, it's a good gift. Yeah. It really is. I agree. Hey, how about, uh, how about who knows you're taking it? So remember, 65. Are they secretive? 65 to 84. My mother didn't want anybody to know she was taking it. <laughs> well, I wonder why. Well, you know, so now remember, that was, that was five, six. Yeah, that that's a long true. Time ago. Yeah. Uh, well, it feels like a long time ago. Um, and there was still a lot of stigma there. Uh, but anyway, who knows uh, about the use? Uh, to be honest, the highest number here was family members. So family members knew. And then friends were next, and healthcare providers were third on the list. Yeah. So I wonder why it's still a little awkward to talk to your doctor about you using CBD. Yeah. Uh, nobody seems to be, you know, isolating from it. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody. There, yeah. there seems to be. It seems to be accepted enough. Well, that's good. Uh, so what did they say? Under half of the current users reported telling their healthcare providers about their cannabis use. 
Past research has shown clinicians, for the most part, are supportive of cannabis for medical use, but they have reservations about the limited evidence base, potential safety issues, and product quality and effectiveness. Right. Yeah. It's still, yeah, this, it's still in its immature industry. It's, you know, it hasn't quite matured yet, hasn't been regulated yet. So I would imagine those few, those few things there that they discussed will get solved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's just time, right? Where we all just get a little bit more used to things. And I mean, I'm trying to think if I, t- I, I guess I, t- well, I tell everybody I'm on CBD. And, um, but my doctors, I have never really actually had any, uh, one way or another, had a comment on it. They yeah. just say, okay, they write it down and, they're, and that's it. But I'm not also not on any pharmaceuticals or anything like that. So, right. yeah. Well, let me follow this up with uh, the introduction to this study. Uh, it says there is an unprecedented interest in the United States and the potential health benefits of cannabis. As of 2020, 33 states have enacted recreational or medical cannabis legislation, which mirrors changing perspectives about cannabis use. For example... Support for cannabis legalization has increased from 12% of the Americans in 1969 to 67% in 2019. With the enactment of the Farm Bill in 2019, hemp-derived cannabidiol, which is CBD products, which contain less than 3% of the psychoactive, say 0.3, proactive compound uh, THC, so less than 3.3% THC, they have become more available throughout the country, providing greater access to cannabis patients. And, you know, there's also plenty of evidence that cannabis is useful in addressing chronic medical conditions. The National Academy for the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine published in an extensive review in 2017 of the health effects of cannabis, finding empirical evidence for cannabis reducing symptoms ranging from pain, spasticity, tremor, nauseous, and some extent, sleep. Yeah. So, uh, and then they go on to explain the, the what's in the house. Uh, this thing was, is quite long. Yeah. Why don't you give us the name of that and, and where we can find it again? Exactly. Cannabis, an emerging treatment for common symptoms in older adults. Your, your place of finding this would be to go to Google Scholar and just type in that name. Or be the very first one. Or we're going to go ahead and put it up on the CBD Edge Show website. Uh, I will instruct the... Why don't we do that because the... Oh, and this was from the American Geriatric... I'm sorry. The American Geriatric Society. Uh, and yes, I, I really had to uh, struggle to find one that I didn't have to pay for. Yeah. So, <laughs> so why why not give it to them in an easy place? Yeah. Uh, again, there is a website called the CBD Ed Show, right. <laughs> where you can listen to all these podcasts. Right. Um, you can't see us live, thank goodness. Yep. Um, but we'll put this study up there, and you guys can go through it because it's about how many pages, Ed? Oh, it's got about I don't know nine, ten, eleven, twelve pages, something okay. like that. Um, all right. All right. Well, listen, this is going to be a wrap for today's show. 
Again, if you want any more information about that study, feel free to reach out to us yes. uh, in our social media platforms, the CBD Ed Show. I want to thank uh, the team for put, helping me put this together. Uh, that was terrific. I appreciate that. Uh, and continue on our social media if you want to have more conversations about this topic. And we'll bring in all of our other listeners and, and we'll keep this topic going. Mm -hmm. So that's a wrap for today's episode of the CBD Ed Show. And this is M. This is Kim. <laughs> and this is Ed. Is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> You're hey, crazy. Working, working together help improve our lives. So goodbye for now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Ed Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be back with you soon.